Bonjour and welcome to the first episode of this title of Just a Placeholder title, which will be replaced by another title in the near future. My name is Matthew R. King. I'm Brian Hulse. I'm Michael Doppy. That is our guest star, Brian Hulse, this week. Um, me and Michael Doppy started this podcast because I was like, hey, let's do it, and I never see you, so we should talk some more. Brian is with us this evening, joining us as our first ever guest star. How you doing? How's it going, Brian? I'm feeling pretty good right now, I'd have to say. Pretty good? Yeah. Given what we've done tonight? Yes, we have done a great deal tonight. Um, What have we done, Matt King? (laughs) Uh, We actually just got back from watching the entirety of uh, Edgar Wright's Cornetto trilogy. Um, If you don't know what that is, that's a combination of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, as well as a brand new movie just premiered tonight called... At World's End. The World's End. The World's End. <laughs> world's end. Uh, no, it's called At World's End because there are pirates and they're in the Caribbean at the World's End. Oh, no, I think you watched a different trilogy. It's this. <laughs> I actually have that entire trilogy behind you. Um, I believe you're talking about a quadrilogy and not a trilogy. Let's get out no, of no, 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 no. Alright, Pirates of the Caribbean is three movies. Pirates of the Caribbean was one movie that they then needlessly dragged out to three movies, which then got the fourth one tagged on as the Captain Jack show, which, let's face it, all of them were already. I but, yeah. yeah. Ooh. What are you eating there, mister? I've got drumstick. Little drums. Why do you have a little drum? Because we couldn't find Cornettos. Because they couldn't... They do not sell Cornettos in Safeway. I think it might be an American thing that they just don't have Cornettos. But that some tri- sort of regional bullshit. <laughs> Are we sure that they're not the same exact thing by the same company under a different name? Like as much, drumsticks. Much like Hardee's is the exact same thing as Carl's Jr. That but confuses the hell out of me, and I don't see why there needs to be a distinction. Well, let's Google it. That's a terrible idea. Okay, go ahead and Google it. Well, for those of you who cannot see at home. We have a phone out, and we are Googling. Well, phones have silent keyboards. But that going back to it, um, that trilogy today made me want ice cream, uh-huh. and it made me want beer. And that being said, we are drinking a beautiful, um, let's get the Irish people mad, English beer uh, called Guinness. Hey, <laughs> it's imported Guinness Extra Stout, which is a fantastic beverage. Yeah. Brewed since 1759 with natural ingredients. Today, Guinness is enjoyed by over 150 countries. Experience the robust, mellow, and satisfying flavor for yourself. God damn it. <laughs> I got vaguely Scottish during that. I can tell, which was interesting. Which is awful of me. Um, I'm not a beer drinker at all, and this is terrible. What? <laughs> you you don't like it? Oh, it's awful. Because it, it tastes like beer? It tastes very bitter and beer-like. And <laughs> uh, you should try one of these drumsticks. Yeah, have, have one of the drums, man. I, I, I'm not twisting your arm to, to drink that beer. I feel twisted. Don't don't feel twisted. Don't get it, more. Don't get it twisted. More for me. Okay. So, um, we watched the Cornetto trilogy tonight. How'd you guys like it? What did you guys come, feel coming out of these uh, these three movies? Um, it was totally awesome. It was it was interesting watching the 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 different way that Edgar Wright tells the story. Um, because like me and Matt King, we kind of went through a, a an Edgar Wright crash course 
Um, Absolutely. A couple days back, I watched all of Space, which was his British TV show with Simon Pegg and Jessica Stevenson, and Nick Frost, and a bunch of other people. people. I also watched the first series of Space last night. Um, In addition to that, together this morning, we watched... uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and Don't, Mm -hmm. the um, trailer he made for the fake movie for the Grindhouse. Which I guess counts, because we watched it. It's a, it's, a, it's a short film of his. He he did that. And <laughs> that that movie would have been amazing if he actually did it. Agreed, agreed. And then, of course, we watched uh, the three of these movies as part of the Cornetto Trilogy package. The thing I saw that was interesting is um, the fact that I'm going to need to watch at World's End... The World's End? At World's End. Is it At World's End now, or is it The World's End? Which one are we so. talking about? <laughs> yeah. Are we talking about the pirates or the British people? Wait. Because <laughs> to be fair, At World's End is pretty dense and ridiculous as well. So we might need to watch that also. The World's End. The World's End. I love The World's End. I'm going to have to watch it again. I, I feel like the watching it after the first two movies really painted... A totally different picture of the movie in my head. Um, there's, I've seen things that were part of the trilogy rather than things that were part of the movie itself. And this is something that I brought up earlier today, is that Edgar Wright, as far as a director, he is so dense in his storytelling that there is so many things. Like the numbers in, in, Scott, Sean, in, Scott, in Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim, the, yeah. um, the, the horror movie reference, as well as the doubling, like mirroring, uh, in Shaun of the Dead uh, is absolutely incredible. And so I'm sure that there are so many things that I didn't see in The World's End that will just be absolutely wonderful little nuggets which is one of the great things about his movies. I could watch them forever and get new things. Well, here's the thing about that is after watching three in a row like that, you really see his style develop from one to the next to the next. And I feel like in Shaun of the Dead, it could get a little gimmicky the way those throwbacks are put in there. Exactly. Um, it gets less gimmicky throughout all three movies. It's still kind of there in the middle movie, and it's less there in the third. That could just mean not having repeated seen it. As well as throughout the movie itself. Right. Um, Shaun of the Dead very much, by the end of the movie, you go through so many different um, emotional things, which as a director, you get, you earn those moments by spending time with characters. Mm-hmm. If you spend time with characters, then you can probe into the, the deeper emotional things, like with friendships with um, family members. <coughs> <laughs> yeah, Dennis Burke. Um, but you earn those. You definitely earn those moments, and because you've earned those moments, you get to do different things with it. And Hot Fuzz, the different, the movie starting off with kind of a gimmicky comedy Absolutely. slasher thing, and then it spiraled into a balls to the wall action movie. The World's End was totally uh, different. It was. It started off almost. Really slow. tame. It's very it, slow. Very slow. It's like this this coming of age. We're old people now, and we're trying to deal with it. And getting the uh, just so you know, there will be most likely be spoilers, just so we don't <laughs> need to censor ourselves. That's by most point. likely we mean uh, oh, spoiler. <laughs> Let's just say we're going to spoil everything Edgar Wright has ever done. Yeah, and so possibly things that he might do in the future. Yeah, so don't listen to this if you're not 
open to that. Just as as a starter, Snape totally killed Trinity. <laughs> Wait, what? Bud, so <laughs> he killed Trinity. He ran into Trinity riding Rosebud. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean riding Rosebud? What was Rosebud? Rosebud <laughs> was a bag of frozen peas. Uh, yes, <laughs> that is so meta. That's a joke within a joke within a joke. All, All right, right, so how um, you like jokes? Yeah, the world's end. It's it started off very slowly, and that was something that I really admired of it. It's like the movie took its time, and it never felt like you were being bombarded with anything. Um, it it was a slow build, but even though it was a slow build and it took its time, it wasn't like a lot of movies where it takes its time overloading you with exposition so it can move forward. You were getting exposition, but it was in such a natural palatable way that it just you 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 invested in these characters. I would say that's true with the exception of one line that bothered me in the entirety of the movie of the world's end. Yeah, sure. um, it's they're, they're building up this thing, it's like Ever since the accident, and it's this mysterious thing. It's like, yeah, ever since the accident, now he doesn't drink. Now this is different. Now this is different. Mm-hmm. And then all in one line is like, oh, remember that night where this happened and this happened and this happened? Yeah, but and then this happened. That was that was at near the end of the movie. So you were you were waiting for it, and that was the payoff. And in all in in all honesty, in the back of my head, I wanted it to be the same accident as in space where the two kid versions are sitting <laughs> on a tree branch and they did off the tree yeah <laughs> I wanted it to be that, that accident that hilarious um there were some great um tributes to space in the world's end too ooh yeah the actor who played um Brian the artist and the the landlady may had like supporting roles that just popped up in space and was like oh that's that's kind of cool I know who that is it feels sad. I don't know all these in references because I haven't had your schooling. Oh, Netflix. Netflix. It's all on. <laughs> I should get that sometime. Mm. Space is brilliant. It, yes, it is. I'm going to have a little drum. Good, because I've already gone through like three of these. So you guys need I to stop. No, I'm stop me from doing this. <laughs> don't stop me. Nah, uh oh. I'm having a good time. I'm a rocket ship. I'm my way to Mars. Moments. What? Kill the jukebox. Moments in the trilogy. Hot Fuzz and John of the Dead. What were you looking forward to? And what were you... What did... What what were you looking forward to? And what did you enjoy that you weren't expecting? I was really looking forward to Shaun of the Dead more than either of the other movies. Honestly, really? like... I've watched Shaun of the Dead so many times. And every time you watch Shaun... Something new. Something new happens. And, and this time didn't let me down either. Um, the, the part of Shaun of the Dead that I think everybody looks forward to isn't a specific moment. It's all those back references. It, it's when Sean walks down the street, and it's a normal day, and then when Sean walks down the street again, it's after the zombie. It's the exact same thing for Sean because he's such an oblivious character. And the Scorsese shot that just follows him in one it, long take. Exactly. It's, it's those moments. It's that the, the, the mirroring. Sean is all about the mirroring, which is fine for that movie. Yeah. Um, it's kind of gimmicky, like I said before, and those those gimmicks get less and less every consecutive uh, Edgar Wright movie that you watch. Yeah. Well, I say that the mirroring in that movie is actually kind of paramount to the entire thing because it shows that you know a world full of zombies isn't exactly all that different from what we've already got going. 
Oh, in in the world's end, in the in the AA scene uh, <laughs> at the very very beginning, opening of the opening of the movie, there was a girl who played Mary, the first zombie in Shaun of the Dead, was sitting next to um, Gary, the Simon Pegg's character. I did not notice. You that. did not notice that. <laughs> That's awesome. Her hair was all droopy. She looked exactly nice. <laughs> and I am so sorry for the beer. Each time you take a swig, I see your face. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be sorry because you're not twisting my arm. Are you? Do you want to twist my arm? It wouldn't make good audio. Ah, 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 ah. That wasn't your arm. Ew. <laughs> um, <laughs> this drumstick is delicious. I, that movie. Uh, I yeah. I'm. But yeah. What about you? What was your uh, what what did what did you look forward to going into this trilogy, Brian? Um, I wasn't looking for anything in particular when going in. Except that having seen uh, the first two movies already, I had an idea of what to expect. <laughs> and then we hit the third movie, and I'm thinking, ooh, this going to be good. <laughs> and then we have that opening. It's like, all right, I'm feeling it. And then we get to the first section. It's like, okay, this is a bit of a turn. <laughs> I found it incredibly refreshing to, to mm-hmm. see Edgar Wright not do what people were expecting of him. I love that. I love that. Because, in all honesty, the movie kind of spiraled down into the, the style that everybody's expecting. Yep. And a sense of humor, the dialogue. Oh, I love God. I love the way that they write. Brilliant. It's, it's so smart and it's so fast. And that goes all the way back to space, um, is Absolutely. how smart the dialogue is. And okay. they love puns. I love the fact that they love puns. <laughs> Uh, for those of you in the audience that don't know this, Michael Dotby is is legendary amongst our circle of people for his punniness hey, hey. as a person. Um, is punniness considered a pun? Is that in of itself? I don't it's, think so. it's a playoff. It's a pseudo punniness and pun. Uh, I would I wouldn't call that a pun. Okay. Um, good. Because punniness can be a term in its own right. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I didn't associate that with funniness. I don't associate puns with funniness. Because um, you don't associate pun with fun. As no, I don't think anybody does. Oh, um, <laughs> almost it's done right. That's, that's a rare twist. Moment. The knife while it's still in me. Why? Why don't you? I think that puns are a device, and it's a it's a storytelling device. It's a joke telling device. Um, there is a book that I have read called "The Pun Also Rises." Um, yeah, that's a that's that's a pun, um, and it said that the puns are often looked upon as a lower form of comedy just because they're so simplistic. But I don't. That simplicity is one of the reasons why I like it. It it applies itself to the basis form of human development is association. When you're a kid, the first jokes that you learn are are puns. You make stupid little jokes, and it. It gets brushed aside just because it's simple. Yeah. But that is something that's so simple and special is the fact that we can associate A and B together. And simple and special are both terms used for certain people. And I'll leave it at that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, since you didn't talk about those kinds of people, I can't say that's not nice. I know. I'm awesome. However... <laughs> Let it be on the record that I did mention something about that being totally not nice. Aww. 
So, um, uh, what what did what were you guys what surprised you guys about the movies? Here's what surprised the hard me. left. Okay, yeah, go no, 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 the hard left turn. Which, which one? There's three of them. <laughs> <laughs> In the third movie. Three lefts make a right. So it was a single right turn that got made throughout the whole night. Right? I'm so confused. Because... king. Because it... it okay, it, now now I get it, but okay. why are we talking about it? Uh, which, so the hard left in, uh, in End of the World, when all of a sudden you know what kind of movie it is. <laughs> end of the World is the new title of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it! I correct the end of the world. <laughs> yep. World's End. And was this the bathroom? Yes. The bathroom scene, yes. really. This movie... All of my yes. Okay. Um, I haven't... Granted, I haven't seen that many movies. I've seen a couple a couple big blockbusters. I saw Man of Steel. Um, this movie has got one of the best fight scenes I have seen this summer. Absolutely. Absolutely incredible. It takes place in the bathroom. It's their first interaction. They kind of stumble across the main conflict, which is that their hometown mm-hmm. has been invaded and people, like like pod people, like yep. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That's exactly, what it is. That's exactly what the movie is. Down to the outstretched hands. Yeah, they are turned into like robot <clears throat> clones. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene in the bathroom when they first discover... Whoa, <laughs> that they're robots and it's an all-out brawl in this bathroom and it's absolutely incredible. Well choreographed. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well shot. Oh, funny. Yep. And Nick Frost is an absolute oh, beast. Yes! He, he's pulling moves that that taken from Bane's <laughs> mythology. I know! I'd break your back! He lifted <laughs> over his head Brought down on his knee, he was kicking guys in half. Yeah. Nick Frost is incredible in the world's end, which is great because he pretty much, he was a straight man for most of the movie. Absolutely, mm-hmm. That's, it was perfect. It's a perfect switch for this trilogy. It's gone from from Simon Pegg being the straight man in, in the other two movies, and it's a complete flip flop in this one where Simon Pegg is the only crazy guy. Yeah, he's the, he's the only. Um, the only guy who's not mature in the room. Yeah. Mostly speaking. That fight was incredible. I can't uh, say enough good things about it. Um, the the five guys, um, Patty Considine, um, uh, Eddie Marsan, Martin Freeman, Nick Frost, and Simon Pegg, they worked so well together. All of them are incredibly funny guys, <clears throat> which is great because Eddie Marsan and Patty Considine don't get that many chances sure. to do comedy. But Edgar Wright get, said, "Hey, let's let's do this," and they work so well together. I haven't seen so English fun. people with this much synergy since Clue. <laughs> God, Clue! Can we talk about Clue? Well, <laughs> I think that could be another talking point. I think there's only like one Englishman in Clue. I don't care. I don't care. There's at least two. Tim Curry, and he's not one of the. Christopher Lloyd. Does he count? Christopher Lloyd is in British. He's American. I want him to count. I want him to count Ooh. so bad. I think we, I think we all do, but they're they're all Americans. Um, I count Christopher Lloyd in any group of people. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd is everything. This is a podcast of four. Christopher mind. Lloyd is here with us too. <laughs> Absolutely. How are you doing, Chris? I'm actually doing pretty well right now. Uh, thank you, Chris. Would you like a beer? Oh, thank you. Oh uh, goodness, haven't had one of these since. Uh, 
Uh, can't even remember the last time. Oh, uh, you don't want to drink it? I'll take it. Oh, your friend over there is looking a little shaky, Chris. Uh, oh, uh. oh, that's that's not cool. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's it. That's a that's, that's a him joke. joke right there. All right. Um. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the king guy over here is uh, a little tipsy. He's seen two of me, and uh, I'm old. That was a great joke. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> There's this joke in Gary King. King. Oh, right, here, here's. Let's talk about the drunkenness. Let's talk about. Uh, here's, no, if we're gonna go that uh, way, here's. This is what I've been thinking about since the movie ended, since the third movie ended. This this trilogy, if you look at it from a farther perspective, if you look at the grand picture, it's telling a story of one person's life. And in Shaun of the Dead, it's all always about going to the pub. It's getting to the pub, being at the pub, and that's. Mm -hmm. and, and there's certain characters that are like, what the hell are you doing? It's like eight, late twenties, early thirties. Yes. This this time in your life or where you're you're out drinking and stuff like that. Yeah, so I see where you go. And then, and then Hot Fuzz, the, you know, the, there's a character who was like, no, I'll take cranberry juice, I don't drink, up until the point where a friend of his gets him to get drunk and he gets really blasted in this moment, in this movie. And that shifts the movie. It changes his character completely from that point forward. Yeah, uh, Nick Frost's character in the movie is a teetotaler for almost, for the first half of the world's end. The bathroom fight happens, things get crazy, and he downs five shots. All at once. It, which was awesome. But um, but the, that, that's what I'm saying. The story goes from, it's cool to be at the pub, the pub will save you, to, you know, I, I don't want to do that, I'm growing up, I'm out of it. Up until the very last movie, which is about a character who was in AA and has ruined his life with alcohol. Yeah. This, this story... It is. And you go from Shaun of the Dead, where the bar is a place of of safety. It's where you're it's going. It's a to happy place. It's to, it is your second home. To the world's end, where literally the last bar is the headquarters of everything evil, mm -hmm. and that's what's going to destroy you. Which is awesome if you include Hot Fuzz in there, because mm -hmm. Hot Fuzz in there is kind of the middle ground of the the bar is not. It's not where you go as a kid or like a, a young adult. That's where you go. It's not where you go as an old alcoholic. That's where you go. It's where you go where Hot Fuzz was all about the job. Yep. And it's the, the natural progression of we're older, we have responsibilities, we have jobs, and this is what we're doing, this is how we make our living. But we also go to the bar, mm -hmm. and it's just a part of it. It's accepted, but it's the middle ground in between going too far. Yeah, the last movie, if anything, was like a midlife crisis. Yeah, absolutely. Which it, was... Is this something that Edgar Wright is writing about? Is he writing about his own struggles with alcoholism? I don't know Edgar Wright's story. I, I don't. I don't I don't think he is either, but um, it definitely could be a way of looking at it. Uh, specifically since it is a trilogy. The yeah. trilogy... Uh, it, it kind of... The trilogy actually came apart as a joke. Um, do you know the history of the trilogy? Go for it. The basic history of the trilogy is they did Shaun of the Dead, and they included Cornettos in there, and it was cool. And because Cornettos were a featured part in the script and the story, the Cornetto Ice Cream Company gave them a bunch of free ice cream. And so Edgar Wright was like, oh, we've got free ice cream. This is cool. And then in the next script of Hot Fuzz, they figured... You know what? 
let's add some ice cream in there. Let's call it the Blood and Ice Cream Trilogy. Hoping that when the movie came out, Cornetto would send them a bunch of ice cream. <laughs> and they didn't. Oh. So, since they went around marketing Hot Fuzz as this is part of the Blood and Ice Cream Trilogy, they then were kind of stuck <laughs> in doing the Blood and Ice Cream Trilogy, which is no longer the Blood and Ice Cream Trilogy. It is the Cornetto Trilogy. Right. So, I think they have them on their side now. I hope so. Edgar Wright, Nick Frost, and Simon Pegg should be able to get a free ice cream cone wherever they go. Yeah. It's anywhere. Yeah, but um, that's... I, I, if I ever see any of them walking on the street, I will stop them, offer to go into the nearest convenience store, get them ice cream in a vague resemblance of a Cornetto. It, you want something from the shop? <laughs> yeah, you want something, yeah. The World's End really, it was a very mature movie. It dealt with some very mature themes in a very blunt and a kind of ugly fashion. Um, Simon Pegg's character is an alcoholic. He is suicidal. He's going through a lot of really difficult things, and he uses drinking and comedy and his sense of humor as an escape. Well, here's the thing, and this I think this fits into my point earlier as well. Drinking in this movie is what causes the apocalypse. <laughs> it, it, it's, 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 it literally does. It literally straight up causes the apocalypse in this film. That, I mm-hmm. think there's something to be said for that. There, there is. <laughs> it, it definitely is... Um, drinking is such a big part of this movie. I mean, the opening titles were projected onto a glass. Edgar Wright films alcohol <laughs> so beautifully. beautifully. There are so many... Uh, so many close-up shots. It was like, um... The close-up shots and the fast edits... I don't... I, I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple months there's a... Compa- Excuse me. Part number two. There's a comparison video on YouTube where you've got, like, the, the quick shots in the world's end of pulling, pulling yes. pints, of, like, downing drinks of chugging them, because they're shot really high definition, really close, really fast. I would not be surprised if you compare that with Requiem for a Dream. Ooh. Ooh, I can see that. Yeah. With the, with all of the of the drugs, the eye dilations, the, yeah. all of that. I would not be surprised. The movie, it, there's a, so much drinking, and <laughs> it's funny. It's really funny. Yeah, That's, it is. As as the characters get drunker, they get funnier, which is sad. I don't it's, know. I don't know if that's part of the thing. Like, well, it's it's, it's just great. part of being British. Yeah, I think that could be a part of being British. But it stops getting so dry once they start getting wasted. Well, it, they know that they know that they need to earn the moments, and the fact that they're laughing and joking at the fact that these people are drunk, that they're they essentially binge drinking 12 pints in a single night that's ridiculous that is absolutely insane but it's funny (laughs) and the fact that they said alright this is funny we know this but we're gonna bring it back and we're we're gonna remind you at the beginning and at the end that this is a serious problem that this is not something to be taken lightly which I think is incredibly responsible Edgar Wright as a filmmaker I think so too. I, I really, the more I think about this, the more we're talking about it, I really feel like this film has a message about alcohol and the dangers of it. Yeah, and if you compare it to like um, Beer Fest, um, mm. 
There are no consequences for that movie whatsoever. Other than, like, being harassed by the Germans, but... Yeah. Well, that it's... comes with the territory of fear. But this movie was so funny. Oh, It yeah. was so unbelievably funny. And a lot of it, there's a level of schadenfreude, just because of these guys are so plastered that they start <laughs> making mistakes, and that's, that's humorous. That's mm-hmm. very humorous, but the writing is so smart... And you see the progression because you uh, you see every all twelve of the pubs that they stop at. Um, you you get to taste you get a taste of the environment yeah. as they're going with them. And the the filming of this movie must have been really really tough because yeah. you never film anything consecutively. So they would need to go from they would need to take a look at the script and say, all right, how drunk am I right now? <laughs> exactly, and uh, continuing on, it's brilliant. I cannot wait. To see I, I would love to see again. the scored scripts, actually. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, this at, it, but at, let's uh, let's think Edgar Wright because he is um he's a filmmaker who really respects um how uh, film nerds. He gives so much oh, God, on yeah. his DVDs, on his Blu-rays. There's so many special features. He just released um annotated versions of his scripts for Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. They exist in... You can read them on online. In like a, There's a flash file where you can read his scripts with wow. his notes on them, on them. That's pretty incredible. I would love to see that. See how much God really goes into all those details. This Edgar Wright stuff cannot be improvised. It's stuff that has to be thought out and planned ahead. It wouldn't work otherwise. Yeah. So just to see all those notes and have them written down, just this is a reference to this. Because I'm sure he does. It's like this means this. This goes with this. You have to match up one thing to another thing later on the script, especially in Sean. Oh, definitely. Because that's what that movie is all about. Somewhere yeah. in that script, the, just a little note in the margin: be sure to play up the cornetto. <laughs> yeah. I I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if um, if somebody took a look at the script for Sean of the Dead and found out oh. It's actually only one scene <laughs> where that got re reshuffled around for <laughs> this, yeah, from this scene to this scene to this. Hold scene. on, I'm looking at pages that I saw like 15 pages ago. <laughs> I'm rereading the same script, but we'll I, never find it, Max. If you haven't seen The World's End, which you really should, I cannot suggest it highly enough because it is so dense. It's so. So well shot and so easy to watch. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. And I was—I need to see it again because the laughter was so, so <laughs> loud and so enduring that I'm sure I lost jokes lost because of script. laughing. Absolutely, British people move fast, and Americans laugh slow. <laughs> <laughs> and there is one moment of um, of great catharsis in that movie as well—the uh, moment where this guy. He, he, we said that from early in the movie. He's been bullied by another character oh, the entirety oh. of his life. <laughs> and he gets, I think he gets up to, to nine pints, this guy does. Yeah, Eddie, and he, Eddie Marcy's <clears throat> character. And he runs into what he thinks is the bully that has tormented him. And he just lets loose and wails on this guy until the, this guy just breaks. Yeah. Well, I think it's worth mentioning that before that moment of brutal catharsis, this guy who is the double of the uh, of the tormentor straight up apologizes. Yeah. He, he he 
attempts to get his redemption by apologizing for every horrible thing he has done, albeit in a ploy to, you know... It wasn't really him. It wasn't really him. It was never him. We knew it was never him. The antagonists were so polite. In fact, he's probably probably so disappointed that that guy was just, like, a robot. The guy guy who played the... All the robots. The guy who played the bully is an actor named Darren Boyd, and I just saw him because he did, um... He did... He was part of the the British series of Dirk Gently, which is um, this is a British show based off of the Douglas Adams That's books. Douglas Adams' other books, right? Yeah, the Dirk Gently... Not the, hit, not the Hitchhiker's Guide, but the other series. That he Dirk Gently's Holistic... Uh, <laughs> holistic Detective Agency. Um, and Darren Boyd plays his, um, his partner, uh, Macduff. But Darren Boyd is an absolutely fantastic British actor. That really tall, blonde guy who played the bully yeah. in The World's End was in a movie, a TV, a British TV movie that I saw called Holy Flying Circus. Aww, Holy sweet. Flying Circus is a... Uh, has something to do with Monty Python? It's a teleplay... It's like a... It's a, a dramatization of the real-life fallout and drama over the life of Brian when the Monty ah, Python yeah. that. And so you have British actors playing the Python gang. Darren Boyd is the most incredible John Cleese other than John Cleese. <laughs> it was... His performance is fantastic. I cannot suggest that enough, because um, uh, Stephen Fry shows up oh, as God. That's awesome. But it's, it's like a... It's a it's almost a biopic because uh, these events actually happen. Yeah. It's a dramatization as done by Monty Python in the Python style. So they'll break off and they'll do sketches. There will be animated sequences. Mm, um, it's it's pretty pretty awesome. Did the Pythons write it? No. In any way, were they involved in the production? I don't believe they were. I think they at least got their blessings from probably John Cleese. No, no John, not John Cleese. Um, Eric Idle. Eric Idle probably gave them his blessing because Eric Idle gives his blessing to everything that people throw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Just remember. I won't please. question it. Yeah. Somebody please remember my name. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of those guys once. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, according to uh, Wikipedia, I don't see any Python names. But, um,. Yeah, it's 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 pretty good. Oh, uh, yeah. but yeah, tonight was fun. Oh, it's been a great evening. Uh, sitting here, drinking beers, eating ice cream, watching movies. I'm sorry about the beers. beers. I really am. Don't, why are you sorry about beers? I I probably should have gotten the other Guinness because the other Guinness tastes more like a milkshake. <laughs> you know, you, you should have gotten the Guinness that has, like, a flowery finish and has, like, the hint of hazelnut or whatever the quote is from that. I just... If, if it doesn't taste it like... Tastes like a spring arbor. <laughs> if it doesn't taste like medicine-y Kool-Aid, I'm probably not going to like it. Matt King loves Four Loco. I do. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's designed with one purpose involved. A purpose I can get wholeheartedly behind. <laughs> <laughs> and and if in all actuality, if you're going to be drinking, that's that's your purpose. Yeah, energetic absolutely. drunk. Yeah, 
And that sounds like a horrible combination, by the way. I already have the energy anyway. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> Why do you need more energy then? Well, you know, things happen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, it was a it was a good good evening of Edgar Wright. More like Edgar. All right. Uh, that, right? that that just uh, right. Uh, it is always uh, right. Uh, uh, I need to I need to find out what that joke was. There was a joke <laughs> in Edgar. Sean of the Dead. Damn, we've been talking about this all night. <laughs> yeah, the, the the audience doesn't know this. Know. There was a joke during uh, Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz, and this shows you how amazing the scripts are. Is that I have seen these movies before. I never knew noticed that this was a joke. And it was a stupid joke. I will admit it was a stupid joke. I don't remember it was what it was. There's just a little small stealth button stuck in there somewhere that And I completely lost it. I'm like, I can't believe I didn't notice that. And now we once again completely lost it. It was the funniest thing I've <laughs> heard in a long time and Matt, you noticed it. Oh, I did. I just yeah. don't remember what it was either. <laughs> <laughs> what was my new thing I noticed? I kept I noticing things in Shaun of the Dead. It keeps happening. <laughs> it was so amazing. happening. Uh, I, I warned you about subtle jokes, man. It keeps happening. It just keeps happening. I missed a little bit about the shed mm-hmm. in the beginning, which was weird. Uh, oh, yeah, the thing about the shed was... If you want to live like a bloody animal, go live in the fucking shed. Of course, that we all know at the end of the movie. Oh, because there's a shed. Oh, we get that. I've known that for a while. The one that um, that surprised me, and I found this online, was the fact that they um, that Ed summarizes the entire movie. Do you guys know about this? Uh, there's a, a lot of summaries of movies. Well, well, there there is, but as soon as as soon as Sean first gets dumped, and I love seeing the movie on the big screen because he looks so sad. I know <laughs> with tears in his yeah. eyes. What are you doing? Really, he's doing the little monkey things. Like, oh, God. <laughs> his eyes are so red. Um, but Ed describes of like his plan to. Uh, <laughs> to get Sean over it. And his description includes a bunch of different bars and um hold on, let me see if I can pull it up. Now it's not precise. <laughs> Alright, we go we go to my mom's house, we kill my stepdad. Sorry dad. Go to the go pick up um who up? White girl pick up a name. Pick up my ex-girlfriend, go to the Winchester, and wait for all this to blow over. How's that? Well, that was that was that was Sean's plan. Yes, yeah. Ed's plan started with a Bloody Mary in the morning. A Bloody Mary in the morning. Oh God! Then it damn was it. Um, no, no. Have a couple at the at the prince at the flowery princess or whatever. Um, then a bite at the king's head. Um, stumble back here. For shots, let me pull it up. Um, but that that simple plan of Bloody Marys. Yeah, because the the first yeah, the first. first zombie who shows up, her name is Mary. Of course, the uh, a couple at the princesses, whatever. Um, that was the um, the the fact that the couple. What's her name? The the 
the twad and the failed actress. There you go. Uh, I never called her a failed actress. <laughs> <laughs> um, Subversions. Um, the bite at the king's head was um, yeah. Philip getting well, getting bit. He was obviously. the king as the as a stepdad, and then stumbling back, which they did. They yep. stumbled back as zombies to the Winchester. Yep. For shots, and then they had the shootout at the Winchester. Uh, yes, it's so amazing. But that's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. You see, that's that's the type of movie I want to write or direct in or, or be in. Direct in. Direct in. Yeah. Of course. I want to. I want to do something that's so dense that people are like scratching their heads. And uh-huh. like, they have to actually be on stage to explain it to them. <laughs> <laughs> like you're holding on to your notes just to make sure that you've got it together too. I saw a video and it was amazing. It was a. Um, <clears throat> it was a basically an essay video describing how the movie Punch Drunk Love is the Superman story. Which is something that um, it, it, it's like an outlandish theory. It's like there's there's no way that this was a plan, and because Punch Drunk Love, it's it's a dramedy. Uh, Adam Sandler is like uh, Paul up Paul Thomas Anderson. It's 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 not something you take lightly. It's not something that's childish. But then it draws all this comparisons of the the colors. Like um, whenever our main character is feeling weak, there's always green around him. Our character has super strength. Our character in this shot, his girlfriend has her arms around his his shoulders. She's wearing red. He's wearing blue. It looks like he's Superman with a cape flowing behind him. It's 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 incredibly convincing. <laughs> you see, I want to write a script of like a drama that is actually a goofy movie. I would love this. Yes. Yes. Take take something take something ridiculously pop culture, and just dilute it to its pure essence, and make a drama out of that. It, like the Goofy movie or Fern. A man wants to, A man simply wants to reconnect with his estranged son, and the only way to do that is to go on the greatest road trip ever. Unfortunately, you have no idea what your son's idea of the greatest road trip ever would be. But e- even at that, that's like too that's like too overt. What I would need what I would need to do is like this video is I would need to find certain like symbols and uh, like the hat. So you need to get an actor with like ridiculous ears. Well, um like the the <laughs> that could work. There needs to be I'm a thinking fat best friend somewhere. I'm thinking the thing, uh, like one of the main conflicts in the Goofy movie is he's they go to that possum oh, um, yeah. party festival. Like the possum, he could run over a possum and then that could start a car crash, and that could be the argument that has leads to the falling out. Why do you guys know so much about the Goofy movie? Because, because it's, it's awesome. amazing. <laughs> or you you have a guy who shows up with size fourteen feet, and yeah. so he meets Bigfoot. Why are we still talking about the Goofy movie? You've got, uh, we can have a Michael Jackson impersonator, which, let's face it, Michael Jackson impersonators are sad. Um, so there's another level of drama. Um, I'm sorry, the Goofy movie is my movie. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) If this is the idea, I think the single most overt thing needs to be that there has to be a ridiculous laugh among the characters. (laughs) But not not like that. that. Not like that. Ridiculous laugh. 
Uh, this is she had a very distinct laugh. <laughs> All right, this is this is a little, a little nitpicky. In Hot Fuzz, that that character I forgot her name. Eve was it Draper? Might have been Draper. Yeah, Eve Draper. Um, her character, the blonde, was supposed to have a very annoying laugh. I didn't find it that annoying. Not that bad. Uh, it wasn't. Maybe that's. I think that's part of the joke. <laughs> it's not even that annoying. I mean, she's yeah. still dead. She's I also think that got killed over it. She had a very distinct laugh. Very annoying. British people are selectively mean. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you're not part of the club, you're not part of the club for them. Yeah. It's it's like her laugh is the thing that sets her. No, aside. we can't have her around. It is annoying. Yeah, you heard that laugh. She's yeah, different. Mildly annoying. We don't like what is different. <laughs> the greater good. Stop talking about the greater good. I am great. I think I'm sufficiently buzzed. <laughs> can you tell? I can. Really? A little bit, Michael Dobby. I think I am sufficiently full of drumstick. Can you tell? I've only had one of those. King, how many have you had? I've had two. You've I've had, had at least three. I'm pretty sure it's three. Could have been four. Yeah, there are there are six left, so Must there are been three. three. There are three to be. I should fix that. There are six to be accounted for. Let's get uh, seven. And then one night, there were twelve five. drumsticks. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Oh man, that's that is awesome. But um, suffice to say, the world's end was one of the. I believe you mean the end of the world. <laughs> I, I think we mean World's At End. World's End. <laughs> At World's End. At World's End. I think we mean that one song, It's the End of the World as We Know It. The End of the World as We Know It was a terrific Edward Wright movie. Mm-hmm. I've been looking forward to this movie. More than any other movie this year, I've been looking forward to this. I really haven't been looking forward to Superman or Man of Steel. I was I was going to watch it, and I was going to talk about it, and I've been looking forward to talking about it. Mm-hmm. But... Basically, just because there's been so much hype, there hasn't been a whole lot of hype for At World's End. Uh, if you're not a fan of Edgar Wright, right, right, and which is so strange because at this point, he's he's launched the career of this man who is in everything. He is in everything. <laughs> Simon Pegg is in everything. Yeah. He's in Mission Impossible, the Mission Impossible series. He's in the Star, Star Trek, Trek series. Absolutely. Um. He, he, Edgar Wright uh, did. Edgar Wright is like a British uh, Quentin Tarantino. Think about uh, it. No, I, I, I would, I would uh, agree with that. Well, but as far as uh, launching careers go, like uh, that's something Tarantino's known for. Yeah, and, and other than um, the, he, a very pop culture, um, I wouldn't say. Uh, dependent, I would say, respectful sure. way of filmmaking. I mean, you you go to space, and there's like Star Wars references and that all over the place. All over the place. Um, I got annoyed with the Star Wars references in space. Really, <laughs> just all the time, and I was just sick of. Well, it. He, what you need to remember is that when the show came out, it was earlier when people weren't talking about it. Sure. it there weren't fifteen different videos on YouTube of this is how. Episode one should have been, or this is how George Lucas messed up with it, and so the Star Wars references really were a special thing. But Edgar Wright does film his movies with a level of respect for pop culture, especially the genres he's lampooning. Exactly, it's um, he 
he respects the genres enough that he's tackling, and each movie he does kind of is a different genre. Um, yeah. Except for At World's End. I don't know what At World... It was comedy. At World's End. <laughs> I'm, I'm just confused now. <laughs> the End of the World has to go is, is, a, is a comedy. It was a comedy all the way course. through, but the first half was just a standard comedy. Yeah. And then it became this other weird... We haven't really talked about this movie. movie. <laughs> no, we, we've, we've talked we've, around we've this talked movie. Around we've talked of this movie. Yeah, we've so let, let's get down to the nitty-gritty okay. and pick it apart if we can. Sure, sure. So the, the movie starts off with a, a flashback. Well, it starts off in AA. That's where it starts. It starts off in the flashback, and then you find out it's in AA. That's right, that's right. <clears throat> He's talking about the good old days. He's recounting um, his friends... Um, yeah, the early days of high school, and then going on to this magical pub crawl known as the Golden Mile, which is twelve bars in a single mile, which is kind of ridiculous. It's a lot of bars. That's a really drunk town. That's <laughs> we think about it. My God, <laughs> what does this town do for fun? Drink, but yeah, it's, oh, um, that's why we have high schoolers, right? So, you know, they, we. I bet they weren't even eighteen. When this entire thing happened, you know, they, go with the greater good and all. They sure. probably the were. Good. They probably the greater were eighteen, good. which is which makes sense because English, the drinking age in England is eighteen. So they they could have legally gone on this pub crawl, but still, it was like nineteen ninety, and it was the good old days, and it was these five friends, and he's talking about these were the good old days that I can't remember, or I, that I'll never, nothing will. Ever live up to nothing was ever going to be as good as that night, and then it it wasn't. And then it pans to this, this not pans, but it's and then it cuts back to where he is. He's telling this story in AA. There's a bunch of recovering alcoholics, people who have really hard times, and he's saying, This was the greatest time of my life when I got so drunk I couldn't even finish the drinking that I was doing. And it's incredibly sad. It smacks you across uh, the face yeah. with what? This yeah. is amazing. What a way to what a way to start a movie. Absolutely. Yeah, and then the instigation that gets us on the road with the whole plan. Do you have any regrets? Do you regret not finishing? No? No, I don't. And then he gets that slice murk yeah, and like, goes on the grand quest to reassemble the gang. So you know this man has a drinking problem and he's got regrets that he, he hasn't has drunk enough. Yeah. <laughs> All oh, beer. He gets together this group of five people and he goes to the first three and each one of them has the same question. Is Andrew, is, is Andrew, Andy, Andy is yeah. Andy going to be there? Is Andy really going to go along with this? And they were all very incredulous. It's like, yeah, sure, I already have Andy. Andy's oh, yeah, he's in the back. Yeah, he's totally doing this. Knowing Colwell that Andy is the guy he needs to convince, and so he yeah. needs to go see him last. And here's the thing. They, they keep mentioning and alluding to this, why Andy is the particular person that won't come and we find out yes it's always the accident and we find out at the end of the movie in one sentence that previous to this movie starting um, he said 1997 which was after they graduated yes seven years after they graduated Um, Gary our our protagonist our our alcoholic protagonist well he did save the bloody world so he did 
<laughs> what? No! No, he didn't! It's his, it's his fault the world ends at the end of the movie. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah but it's also his fault that we're, we're, we're not we're, all robots. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, Gary, Gary OD'd, and... And uh, he called up Andy to take him to the hospital. Andy drove him to the hospital. But Andy was drunk during this time and crashed the car. And so... And then Gary ran off, apparently, not all of that. Not all ODing as yes. much as he said he was. And Andy was bleeding out. He nicked, for, he nicked his femoral artery. Yep. You you can die from that. Oh, it is... Yeah. It's a... It's an... It's a kind of humiliating yeah. way to die. It's like... But it's it's a way to die, and so it's he, a way to die fast. Yeah, and Andy so was, Andy almost died, and he got arrested for DUI for DUI, which was the other part of that. So in order to help his friend, yeah. who then bailed on him, he nearly lost his life, and now he has a tarnished record and reputation. So, so there's some years, bad blood yeah. there. So sixteen years later. This guy shows up at his office, owes him $600, or pounds, whatever, 600p, uh, gives him the six, this guy gives him the $600, and tells him about how his mother died. 601, wasn't it? I don't know. <laughs> so he gave him 601. I don't know. I believe. Which he borrowed from all the other friends. Right. Which we'll find out <laughs> that later, too. Which This guy, Gary King, who was Simon Pegg's character in this movie. He's the most beautifully sociopathic individual I have seen <laughs> in a movie. He is so he is so damaged. Yes, right. Yeah, exactly. He, he has not grown out of being a high schooler because that's the thing. the The high school days were the glory days, and he hasn't lived up to the majesty. Which it's twenty years later. It's twenty three years. Later. That is a that's way too long to hold on to anything without changing. This is all on and here we are, still in. The, the overcoat. She's so maturity in the movie. It's like it all of it. It's a badass overcoat. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, of, Sean of the Dead. He was late, late twenties. Sean was twenty seven, twenty nine. Twenty. He said twenty nine. Twenty nine. Specifically, he said twenty nine. Sean was twenty nine, and now these characters are forty one. Yeah, something like that. If they were if they were eighteen in nineteen ninety, which we can assume. Yeah, they're forty one. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, so you won't be giving up again, <laughs> Nar Nar. Um, so this character—he might be the most despicable character I've seen in somebody who's not depicted as a killer in a long time. <laughs> he is just the biggest dick. I believe the trope is glorious bastard. Glorious bastard, sure, but I see no glory in this Simon Pegg character. He's, he's just a, sad. It's he's and you, you know what it is? That's an addictive personality. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. If you're addicted to a substance, whatever it is, you will do whatever you can to get your fix. And his fix is this golden mile. It is getting that. So he will lie, he will steal, he will do whatever he can in order to attain it. To his best friends, to his to the people who mean the most to him. This is this is what I was getting at. Um, so in order to convince this person who we almost killed and got arrested, um, he gives him money that he had borrowed from him originally, pays him back with money that borrowed from other people, and he also tells him that his mother 
His brother's dead. Just as a kicker, by the way, my mom's dead. My mom's dead. Don't you feel sorry for me? Yes, and it works. You're coming, right? So the team is assembled. All five of them are show up at their old hometown. Right. Well, outside their old hometown, they need to drive back over to it. Yeah. Taking the same car that they they, they drove 23 years ago. He's mm-hmm. kept the same car. He's replaced everything inside of it. But it, is the, it is, in essence, the same car, but completely different now. Except he hasn't replaced the old tapes that, that were still in oh, the yeah, car. It's the same, disc, it's, it's the same cassette player. That was, yeah. Cassette yes. player, that was so mind sad. you. So funny and so sad. Oh, where did like, you find this? Oh, I was in the player. I remember this song. It was on that mixtape I made you. This is the mixtape. Yeah. Oh, where'd you find it? It, it, was in, it was in the cassette player. Just the whole time. So they, they start this pub crawl, and it's going pretty poorly. <laughs> well, the first bar they go to is just sad. It's yeah, like it an the first beast. They, they mention it. Uh, they, they call it Starbucksing. The, yeah. Starbucksing. Starbucksing. Um, where they, they're taking what used to be a rustic old bar, and it's it's something that's totally clean and polished. So sterile. So and standardized. They only have one type of beer, which is it's just beer. And not only is it so standardized and clean, they go to the second bar immediately afterward, and it's the exact same bar. Which Different was name, same exact interior. And there was a joke about when they went into the first one, somebody mentioned this is deja vu because it's doing the Golden Mile for a second time. Mm-hmm. The second time they go into a bar, uh, deja vu, because it's literally the same damn bar. It's the same bar with different people. Once again, one more mirroring. <laughs> yeah, great mirroring. Ding. <laughs> the Edgarite drinking game. Oh, that boy. sounds like a fun oh, liver-killing so night. He has created so many tropes just within his movies. It's, oh, that's amazing. It's wonderful. It's like Sorkinisms. So the, the Sorkinisms are great. Um, so, so they're going along this pub crawl, and slowly things start to unravel. Uh, people are getting looser, except for the Nick Frost character who's only drinking water. He's point. only drinking water. <laughs> he will never touch alcohol again. Which is... it is the devil. And, yes. of course, his friends are giving him a hard time. Well, uh, it's giving him a hard time, which is completely wrong. If somebody's not drinking, you don't want to pressure them. Not only that, they're not drinking because... <laughs> Brian doesn't drink. They're not drinking because... He's not drinking because of the fact that Simon Cave's character exactly. fucked him so hard the last time he drank. What, what were they drinking? Um, they were drinking tequila. Uh, tequila makes you gay. I don't know if you knew that. That's why we mm-hmm. call it gay tequila. Um, amongst my part of rural southern Alabama. There was a there was a uh, quick tangent. There was a drink mentioned in Spaced that I hadn't heard of before and then I immediately wanted to go out and have. Tequila shooters? Tequila uh, shooters are mixing uh, one ounce tequila with one ounce of like a soda, uh, smacking it on the table so it fizzes and then downing it. That seems harsh to your body. Well, it's that's, <laughs> that's that's the thing. The bubbles in the carbonation make it hit faster. Sure, sure. Anyway, um, so they're going along, and at one point, Simon Page's character leaves, and it's not going well. Nick Frost is being mad, and everybody's about to leave the bar. I think it's the fourth one they're in, and then as Simon Page's character leaves his phone on the bar to go to the bathroom, the phone goes off, and it says, "Mum." On thing, so we because British, yeah, because British, 
and Nick Frost's character looks at it and it's like, you son of a bitch. Meanwhile, <laughs> in the bathroom. Meanwhile, yeah. yeah, the Simons character is now uh, taking a piss, because he actually needs to take the piss, surprisingly enough. Uh, <laughs> earlier, he's went into the ladies' bathroom to try and hit on somebody's sister, which uh, yeah. which is another right. callback to his glory days in high school. Which, uh, in all honesty, that, that subplot I didn't care about. Yeah. But here's the sad thing, is while, while Simon Page's character is in the bathroom, uh, a younger gentleman comes in, uh, and he's also out with his friends, he's with a group of uh, four other guys as well, and Simon Page's character is like, I didn't make the piss on the floor, I did make this hole in the wall though, because he sees a hole in the wall. That yeah, there's way still back. a wall hole that he made from a couple years back. Yeah, and so he's kind of proud of that, he's left his mark. He's kind of like trying to reminisce, hey, back when I was your age, yes. I got into so many adventures and he's literally in a pissing good, contest good for, <laughs> good for, in the restroom and, and the kid has nothing to do he's, with this he's, no, he's, he's not reacting he's no, not doing yeah. anything just going through the motion and so a fight breaks out well, 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 let's put it this way first because here's the sad thing this is what's really uh, <clears throat> going on with this movie Simon Pegg's character gets so mad that somebody's just not interacting with recognize him. Recognize me. Just please recognize that he starts getting physical with this child, this mm-hmm. kid. He starts grabbing and, and pushing this kid around who's 20 years younger than him. There's no reason to fight right now. He hasn't done anything offensive. But he's <laughs> such a despicable character. He's yeah. so damaged. But he starts roughhousing with this kid, and the kid's just like, please don't do that, you don't want to do that, leave me alone. And that's when we find out that he really shouldn't have done that. And proceeds to get judo flipped, and then his ass generally gets handed to him for a while. Until he he pushes the kid onto the ground past the urinal, and knocks the kid's head off. The kid's head literally falls off, rolls across the floor, and then all of his other friends come into the bathroom. Like a mannequin. Well, uh, the, the, the rest of the kid's friends don't show up because then the rest of his of uh, Gary's Simon Pegg's characters. Yeah, that's uh, the the rest of the yeah the rest of the yeah, gang so shows there, up. Yeah, Gary's crew shows up. Yeah, Frost's character is just absolutely livid about you know the exposing of Mum's not really dead, while there's a f- a head on the floor and a, and a body bleeding blood. blue blood in uh, in Simon's he- arms, and he's just completely oblivious to the fact that there's pretty much a dead body in the room. It's just like, your mom isn't dead. Look, there's a body on the floor. You're not getting out of this this easy. And, and then, then all hell breaks loose when the other four teenagers walk into the room and go into and the other body and the body scenes. the body proceeds to get up in the most unconventional <laughs> method possible and stands up without a head and assumes the battle position. And we get a five on five British brawl inside a bathroom, a pub's bathroom. Why do some of the best bath uh, best? Fights, movie fights happen in bathrooms. It is law, rule of cool. I think there's so much breakable stuff in a bathroom. <clears throat> there's porcelain that gets smashed. There's water. <clears throat> it's dirty. There's water. There's glass everywhere. The, the tile breaks up. It's familiar you to break, everyone. It's, it's, it's the, the most familiar thing that you could possibly have a fight in outside of your own room, which 
for practical purposes, cannot be recreated in a movie because yeah. they haven't been to your room. Plus, it probably also has more effect because it's the bathroom is uh, a pretty <coughs> weak uh, position for anybody. Oh, oh yeah, you never want to get caught with your pants down. Exactly, that's where we are at our most fragile, and so to stage a fight in there, it's like, oh, this is more dangerous. Absolutely. It's like uh, having a knife fight in a child's playground. So at this point, we've established what's going on, in, in that there's a takeover um, happening in this small town from these alien robots, and this gets revealed from us through, uh, through oh. Mr. Filch, or not Bruce Bolton, uh, I think uh, Walter Frey, Walter yeah. Frey, whoever that is, he, he tells us about your backstory where the aliens came and they're just replacing the people who aren't going on. Oh, and uh, James Bond shows up as well. Let's not forget James Bond. Pierce Brosnan shows up huh. as the um, the old teacher from their school, ah, or at right. least the the robot clone of the old teacher. Right. <clears throat> so it's a pod people story. Yeah, and like, so they're pretty much they but go from bar to bar. Burp number three. <laughs> Congratulations. They go from bar to bar trying to get as many as many drinks as they can while still trying to keep their cool. Well, the, yeah, the whole plan is that they are going to try and get out of town, but they can't immediately leave town because it the, seems everybody is one of these things. And they've been saying, we're doing the Golden Mile, so they can't just bolt. They have to follow through with the plan that they've been blabbing to every person they've met or else seem incredibly suspicious and then probably get, well, you know... let's be clear. Uh, the villain of the movie, Gary King, has been telling everybody that, that, <laughs> that they're doing this golden mile and the rest of these heroic, upright citizens have to go along with this sociopath's plan in order to get out of this movie alive. I just realized, that's, that's another pseudo-recurring motif. I, I'm trying to think of it happen in uh, Hot... Or, uh, yeah, in Hot Fuzz. Uh, the whole, I don't have a better plan. Let's just go with this one thing. That's true. That's happened at least twice. Yeah, it happens in, in Charlie the Dead. Well, the, the big plan in Hot Fuzz was. Um, you didn't was have a better plan than. He's go in and just be Rambo. Yeah, which wasn't his plan. It was it was Sean's. Not Sean. I was, uh, <laughs> da- uh, Danny? Is it Danny? Danny. Uh, something. Uh, something. Uh, Daniel. Nick. Um, Nick uh, Cross's character was Danny, wasn't no. it? Oh, is it Danny? I don't know. Danny Butterman. Yes. Butterman. 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 I know it's lost. That's fun to say. The names in Hot Fuzz are brilliant, by the way. Go back and watch that movie, and only listen to all the villagers' names. Yeah, they're all. They all are ended. They're people who do things. Yes. There's Reaper. There's. There's a Reaper. Reaper. There's. Peter Z and Staker. There's Skinner. <laughs> Skinner. Um, and then, of course, there's Angel. There's the Angel uh-huh. amongst the... Nick Angel is what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that character's name. I thought you were talking about Simon Pegg. Anyway, nope. uh, back to um, the end of the world as we know it. Uh, so they're on this pub crawl, and, and we get revealed that all these people want to do, all these aliens that come down and are, and are potting our people, they just want to... Get the human race ready to be part of the grander universe. 
That's all. Have you ever met a nicer antagonist in any movie ever? <laughs> the antagonist is just such a nice guy. No, no, come up, join our intergalactic brotherhood. All we ask is, you know, a couple of people unwillingly integrate into our society. Well, let's so face the rest it, it do was, it, you know, willingly. It was. It was vaguely Nazi-ish. Oh, it's very fascist. It, it was very fascist. <laughs> fascist hag. <laughs> Except for the willingness to change the people. It's like, hey, we're going to change you so that you're like us. Not, hey, we're all the same. It's like, hey, we're all the same. But you join us. be the same, too. But join it's all us by being us. But it's not. it wasn't even just that, though. It was join us, be us. Or die. we're nice. We're so nice. They were nice. So we are the nicest people that you will ever not want to piss off. It's okay. It's the South Park version of Mormons, <laughs> right? I, we've all seen the, the Mormon episode of South Park. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Join us. Be like us because we are the best family, except for James Wan. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so they go through the pub crawl. And you lose people, more fights happen, and they get so much more drunk. Yeah. That's like, the, the continually, this is the funniest part of the movie, is that they're getting absolutely plastered. Because like one of the most beautiful things I saw in that movie was when they first get the idea, we have to just act like nothing is wrong, let's keep doing this, and they are all walking in step. <laughs> they're all doing <laughs> the same thing, get to the next drink. bar, and they all get their drinks. And they all take it at the same time. Because, uh, okay, let's move to the next one. And they turn and boom, boom, boom. They just crash into each other. Cause if you're, and then attempt to get their shit back together. Because if you're drunk, you're trying not to be drunk. Yeah. That, that's really what it is. True. And it gets funnier. And then it gets to, like, the, the final part. You lose a couple of characters. But Simon Pegg's character... There were only like three of them left, and he knows that he's so close to yeah. finishing yeah, he's the at golden ten, mile. He's checked off ten of twelve, and now we have an opportunity to escape. And he doesn't take it. He abandons his friends. He abandons the people who care for him. Just again, the addictive personalities. Yeah. He runs. It runs through each of the uh, each of the bars so that he can finish the mile that's that's his the only thing that that he wants to do even though there are alien forces trying to abduct everyone all of his friends are leaving yeah. Yeah, literally we have frost's character beating back these pseudo robot simulant whatever the hell we wants to call frost them at this moment so awesome. just so molly whomping all of these guys molly whomping yeah, I, I haven't that heard word. that phrase yeah, in a yeah. long time so molly whomping them the with their own limbs and yeah. the whole time we have simon's character just you know at the tap pouring the beer and then drinking the beer just in time for frost to finish this this asshole this dickwad <laughs> this this bag of cocks it is his friends are in danger and if he just well, goes is, with them is a bag full of cocks is it just it's a half bag full made of cocks yes. or it's, do do you stack them sideways or it's halfway full of cocks and is made out of foreskin foreskin right. leather that's a that's a lot of chickens I I don't understand what's going on cocks I know uh, this jerkwad. Um, his friends, his his friends' lives are in danger. They're the, the aliens are coming at him, and all he cares about, all he wants in the whole world, is to 
finished his last two pints, and he is willing to endanger himself and his friends' lives to complete this stupid task that, that he's assigned himself. Because he's just, he's the worst of people. He's the worst person. He, okay. <laughs> I don't think he's the worst person. I think he is, he's an addict. He got his friends killed. He got his friends killed. He's a serious addict. <laughs> he's the worst of people. A serial addict. He's a serial addict. So, so they, they get to the final. It, it's down to two, two characters now. It's down to Nick. There are only two left. It's down to two. Yeah. It's Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. Who would have seen that coming? What? And I could have sworn the funny British guy was going to make it. And Simon. They're all funny British guys. That's the joke. And Simon makes it to the world's end first. And the last pint is somehow conveniently placed on a table waiting for him. Well, they've had a lot of those. You know, they had. But there was just one pint on that. Yeah, table. it's like they knew he was going to be the only one to walk in there. Exactly. And he's about to put this pint up to his lips. It's what he's been waiting for the whole thing. And Nick Frost's hero, Smacks out. Bitch. just get out the way. Tackles his ass. And there's a fight scene that's really, it's, it's sweet, and it's poetic, and it's beautiful. And it's, and it's really uncomfortable and hard to watch. It's, yes, so mm-hmm. sad. Because it's, it's, it's real. It's so real. Trying to save his friend from this addiction mm-hmm. and it's it's so harsh and they talk about suicide attempts they talk about all you don't have it. to do this exactly. this isn't you, you know, this isn't the thing that is your defining trait don't let this oh, be the thing that defines you forever yeah. it's and it's it's, it's it likens, harsh likens back to um the scene in Shaun of the Dead yes. when he has to shoot his mom. Mm-hmm. It's like this is this is the this is the heavy stuff <clears throat> in this movie. Mm-hmm. And beer number three. So we're talking about you've belched three times, you need to keep your beer right up. Ah, uh, this is horrible. I can taste it in my mouth. Uh, this is my second one. You usually want to taste beer in your mouth. Ah, uh, it's gross. I don't like tasting it elsewhere. It feels uncomfortable. Alright. But yeah, um, so this is this is so heavy and so wonderful. The fact that a comedy that has been expected this much is going into this territory. Territory. That these sketch. are dark sketch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these are these are the characters that you that we've been uh, that we've loved for like almost ten years now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and these the fact that they're going into artistic, really uncomfortable. Territory. It's it's wonderful. It's wonderful it to see wonderful. these artists take take risks like that. It's yeah, and the saddest part about this battle is that Simon wins. Yeah. Well, he does. He doesn't get his actual drink. He doesn't well, he was about drink. to win. If it didn't cause the thing to happen that it caused to happen, he would have gotten and taken another drink. Yeah. Let's not instead, the bush. Yeah. Instead, instead it, pulling the tap. Causes the entire area around them to start descending into the floor so it that we can the, see, like, the grand HQ of this <laughs> massive overmined five lines of light thing. Where, yeah. And he begins to give him, like, the timeshare spiel about... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is a timeshare spiel. This is, this is what will happen if you join us. And then it goes all narrated wonderfully by the voice of Bill Nye. Um... 
yet another, science guy. <laughs> yet another um, at at World's End callback. Uh-huh. Because he was... Because he was... You really hate that beer. It's so bad! I'm sorry! <laughs> but I want to drink it. So the main point of how to lose it. a guy in seven days was... Uh, 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 um, you don't need to drink it, man. I know. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. So, so he gives his spiel, and... These guys are so drunk, and it's so funny, because they're defending the human race. They are fighting for the human race with their drunken ramblings. It's absolutely amazing the way that this works. Because the grand intelligence is trying to debate logically with them, not knowing that drunk people cannot debate logically. <laughs> and so he just gets tired. Yes. The grand intelligence of the, the unifying force in the universe gives up on the human race because he can't argue with drunk people. Yeah. And not, ironically, they do give, like, the greatest argument that you could for bringing the human race into a grand galactic civilization. But it's also the greatest excuse for the human race to join a grand galactic civilization. Except that there won't be any human race left. Yeah. It'll just be simulants. That's true. Like, literally, the entire town's been changed, and the Grand Intelligence bases its success upon how many individuals join willingly. Unfortunately, there were no willing converts. That is a really melted drumstick. I know. You better eat it fast. For those of you who can't see what's going on at home, King has just opened up a massive white pile of goo. God damn it. It's like frosty And he's now summer. taking it to the face. <laughs> and he got it on his nose. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's smiling. Are you going to spit that out? Oh, you mouth. like that, don't you? Oh, you better be careful. There's a reason they call it the Blood and Ice Cream Trilogy. Oh, dirty boy. Do you need a napkin? So maybe after I get a couple of. Uh, <laughs> A couple of dances in me. I turned into a fascist. <laughs> but the Grand Intelligence was totally right this whole movie. <laughs> so anyway, the Grand Intelligence's final response to these guys, after realizing the human race would no longer be a human race oh, by the dear. time they were done with it, and they were ready to convert, his final thing is just, you know what? Not fine. I'm done. Yeah, he, he, just, he I, just... I can't... I can't do this. He throws in Fuck the it. towel. <laughs> Fuck it. And it's so... It's so good. And then the... He just literally shuts off. He disappears, and, and all the simulants turn off. This entire network, it's a worldwide organization of, like, secret drones well, yeah, spreading. And so when... And they introduced all of our modern technology. Mm -hmm. You know, cell phones, tablets. So when the intelligence... Oh my god... I just realized Jobs never died. He just went in for repairs. Uh, so when when the intelligence leaves, the world basically goes into like fallout. No technology and needs to start over again from well, the dark ages. Well, not only does does the world go into no technology, but the technology that was there explodes and burns the world. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's nothing but ruins at this point. And on top of that. Simulants aren't gone per se. They kind of kick up of their own accord. 
and are now a secondary race on the planet. They're like children. They're, they're like children who cannot grow up. They are very confused children who are discriminated against harshly. So, Simon Pegg's character. Who becomes the leader of his own pack of children. Yes. That That's the... Oh my god, he becomes like Teenage Road Warrior. Yeah. Uh, Although, he's no longer drinking. In this, oh, yeah, in this, they, in this wasteland. Oh, that, that was the beautiful reference. No. That was a beautiful callback in that movie. What are, what are you doing? I don't know. What, oh, you, you knocked, just knocked things over. You knocked my, my games out of the DVD, the Blu-ray holder. Uh, so, so, uh, so, okay, so there's a reference earlier on in the movie. Of, we, we can be quieter. Sorry. So there's a reference earlier on in the movie about... <clears throat> about going around and drinking and how uh, Frost's character is ordering water and he's being called less of a man because he's ordering water at a bar and not drinking like everybody else. You know, join the cool kids. Well, he's And his argument is that it's far harder to go into a bar and order water. Think about that. Yeah. It's... You go in there in a room full of tough tattooed guys... A room full of barbarians, and you dare to simply order water. That's badass. So here we are at the very end of the movie. Simon's character walks into a bar with his group of pseudo-exiled simulant guys. And everybody in that bar is, like, completely covered in tribal tattoos because, you know, Dark Ages. And he orders five waters. Well, let's be honest. Um, he orders five waters, which is like a callback to Nick Frost's character and not drinking and everything like that. But really, that's sending a message of the entire movie because what he's done is he's traded one addiction for the other. He's traded the addiction of drinking alcohol with the addiction of being fucking badass. <laughs> That's true. Which okay. is a safer it's a safer addiction. <laughs> no. Kind of one no. addiction requires you not destroy your liver. The and other requires that you not lose your broadsword. And you know it's a, it's an addiction of power. He wants power, he wants control over his life. Even if that control yeah. is the lack of control. <laughs> thus drinking. He wants to the fact that he is controlling the simulants He's the he's the boss again. He's the king once more, and he ha- he has well, that power. And that was something that wasn't really gone into in the movie because it was at the tail end. But right, it's something right. that could be um, could be thought upon. Is that <laughs> he could have a sequel about badass? Uh, well, there are so many. Around. There are so many addicted characters that are legends these days. Sherlock Holmes oh, was yeah. an addict. Mm-hmm. Um, James Bond. Is an alcoholic. There's so many different Harry Potter things. and the crack. Yeah, mm-hmm. Harry, Harry Potter likes the crack. <laughs> that's not oh, Jay Weasley. Oh my! Oh. Let's not forget that horrible, horrible addiction of uh, you must not be named. He's, he's hooked on the unicorn blood, and uh, frankly, uh, somebody needs to step in there. That guy just needs some help. That's all. He just needs some help. Anyone knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, do you have anything else to say about the Cornetto trilogy or uh, the end of the world as we know it tonight? I loved it. Um, I want to see it again. I I had so much fun, and you know, I enjoyed I enjoyed the change because 
it, it gave you all of the things you were expecting the the humor the 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 fight sequences but there's more that you can pick from it oh, more wow. that you can glean which is also what I expected right. I wasn't expecting it to be as dense and as shallow as it was it was like it was heavy and light at the same time. I would agree with that. It, it's a terrific series of films. Um, the, these three people, Nick Frost, Simon Pegg, and Edward Wright, Edgar Wright, sorry, Edward Wright, interesting, and Edgar Wright, uh, <laughs> have put together three movies that, that are so closely related to each other, yet tell three very different stories. Um... It's it's amazing. It's uh, I don't know how else to say it. I've had two beers, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's been great. Uh, it was a great way to watch that last movie for the first time. I'm gonna go back and watch it by itself sometime because I'm sure I'm gonna gain a lot more information about it without the scope of the other two movies. So I'm excited to do that. It was good. <laughs> it was That's really good. Oh man, it was Uncle's bad, okay? <laughs> yeah, I I had I had a whole lot of fun watching these movies with you guys. Um, just this entire day, like the decompression, the talking about it, the beers. It was good times. Good times. Coincidentally, the ice cream keeps far worse than the beers do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are still cold. I'm on, I'm on I can't say. I honestly cannot say the same about the drumsticks, and that <laughs> makes me uh, sad. Yeah. All right. Uh, with all that being said, this has been the first episode of this title, which is a placeholder title that will be replaced by another title. Is that uh, the actual same title as we used? Let's uh, call it "Open Your Trap." Open your trap. I open like your trap. It. This has been the first episode of "Open Your Trap." My name is Matthew R. King. I'm Brian Holtz. I'm Michael Dobby. Yark. <laughs>